This is a Hoff Studios podcast. Brad Plotkin, my friend, my hypnotherapist. You are a certified NLP practitioner. You've been a model, a fitness professional, <laughs> and now you find yourself here helping people rewire their brains. Tell us how you came from Wisconsin to Miami. How did you find your way here? Um, it's good to see you, Danielle. Thanks for having me. It's good to see you, too. Uh, let me see. I get to talk about myself for a full hour. Look at that. Um, I'll try not to bore you. How I got from Wisconsin to Miami. Um, in my mid-20s, I started to come to Miami for modeling. Um, at that point, I was in Orlando, so not Wisconsin. Um, so that's essentially how I made my way down to South Florida, um, was for work and career, I guess. And so I've been here ever since, 11, 12 years now. It's weird to say out loud. I think I met you 10 years ago. Yeah, I believe so. Now when I-, I was doing something very different. I think I was casting for reality TV and we needed that's a model right. like yourself. Yeah. So we met in a past life. Right. Ten years ago. Isn't that wild? Wild. So what were you doing in Orlando? Orlando, I was um, developing computer software for Fidelity. (laughs) And I I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea what I was doing there or while I was at work. I, um, you know, I guess just like a lot of people, I graduated from college and then I, I got a job because that's what you do, you know? Yeah. Um, but I soon realized that that part was not for me. They only kept me around because I was good for morale. I had a few. <laughs> I had a few people tell me that. So that's awesome. You're yeah. always so. You're, you're like always so positive and happy to be around. Like, of course, they kept you around for morale. Yeah, that's sweet. I think um, maybe my greatest strength is is how I am with people. So I love that. That's mm-hmm. absolutely a fact. Mm-hmm. So Sweet. tell me about how you made the transition into moving all the way to Miami from Orlando. Like, what was the pivot? What was the crossroads for you? Uh, I guess the the genesis of that or the, the root cause, let's call it, is, are the struggles that I was going through um, for most of my life, especially in my youth. I was um, obsessed with my body in a very unhealthy way, right? So let's say about mid-20s, I was overweight again once more, but this time more so than I ever had been because I was living in a cubicle. Um, So then I was like, you know what? This is it. I'm going to to get healthy, and I don't care what it takes. I'm actually going to be a healthy person physically. Uh, so let's say after about maybe 12 months to 16 months, I had completely transformed this thing that they call Brad. Um, and everything kind of changed, you know, the way, the way people responded to me changed, you know, the, the feedback I got, um, my face changed, just everything kind of changed. And then, so people started saying, you know, what type of modeling do you knew, do you do, who have you modeled for? And at first I was like, all right, that's freaking weird. Right, and then it kept happening, and then before too long, I I kind of realized that I had a chance to do something different with my life, and then so I just stepped out a little bit, and eventually it led me to living here full time. 
So do you still see yourself that way? Do you see yourself as like the person you are now or do you still have like a like I hate to use the word dysmorphic, but it sounds like that's what how you perceived yourself as like super unhealthy and like you didn't really have a good uh, reflection of who you were internally and you were obsessed with your looks. Sure, sure. Because I thought that was the answer, yeah. you know, and because what did I know? I was just young and because of the messages I was given growing up, uh, which I guess could be another conversation or maybe this one, but... I thought, you know, I thought if I could just figure this thing out that I would be confident and have esteem and be able to walk up to a woman I found attractive and say, hi, I'm Brad. And it could, as it turned out, those things were not as easy to obtain, let me tell you. Um, and one thing I did learn through therapy is that I, I will never be able to see this the way others. Uh, I'm never going to be able to see it for what it truly is. And I don't even know what that means, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, so that's just kind of my, it's my set point. You know, it's almost like um, maybe an alcoholic will never be able to just have one drink. And that's just kind of their fate in a way. That's, mm -hmm. that's one of the, the cards in their deck, so to speak. It's and like so a soul contract. It's like your uh, karma. Yeah, you know what, that's a really good way to put it. Maybe it is, and maybe that's what I'm here to, to struggle with or to, to go up against. Um, yeah, I think it's safe to say that I'm never going to see this thing the way it actually is, which does have its pros and its cons, right? Mm -hmm. um, I've met a lot of people um, throughout my life when I achieved this next chapter. Um, and they, you know, they'd say, wow, I really expected you to be kind of a complete dick, you know, like a douchey, you know, I could use all the other adjectives and they're like, but you're not. And then so when that kind of happens, people are pleasantly surprised by my, my energies, right? So that's, that's one positive. Forgive me for rambling. You're not uh, rambling at all. We're happy okay. to hear it. But there's, there's also some negatives to it. You know, I remember... Uh, as I got into this new frame, and let's say I was with a woman, for example, and she made a compliment to me and about my physique, I assumed that she was lying or full of shit in some way and trying to get some angle on me. I mean, that's how distorted I was here, mm -hmm. right? And, yeah. Uh, What's really interesting about it is like, you've come so full circle, like you transformed your own physique, your own life by getting healthier, by getting fit, like changing your lifestyle, becoming a model. And now as a NLP practitioner and a hypnotherapist, a lot of people come to you for that. Like they come to you for eating disorders. They come to you to lose weight, to get in shape. And between you, know, you transforming your own life and doing what you do now, you are actually a personal trainer. So, mm -hmm. and you did that for what, like 10 years? About that, yeah. So what made you jump from doing that for, for a living to actually helping people change their minds? Because it sounds like it's like you made this own journey, but it didn't actually transform in you internally. And so how do you help people who are saying, I just want to lose 10 pounds. I just want to lose weight. Like I know what I've experienced when I've gone in and asked for those things, but I'm just curious what your perspective is on when people want these external things how you support them in it and really transform their internal wiring to not only achieve that 
Yeah, so you know that's a that's a, a loaded question to be honest, and it's it can be a little bit fuzzy to answer because I think everybody's a little bit different, you know, um, because health obviously is number one. So if somebody comes to me and they're clearly, let's say, 30 pounds overweight and, you know, we can all agree that's not great. You know, it leads to diseases and fatigue and mentally you're not as sharp and it really detracts from the quality of life. So if they say, you know, I really, I really want to lose these 30 pounds because it'll make me a better person, then boom, I'm all in, right? Yeah. However, if the story goes unless I lose 30 pounds, I am not good enough as a person, well, then that has a completely different um, direction, so to speak, because that's a negative belief um, that can never be satisfied. It's, it's just, an, it's an impossibility. So what we would try to talk about is self-acceptance, mm-hmm. you know, so it can be a, a fine line that I deal with quite often. However, the main thing that it is my privilege to give to others, because it was the very first benefit of hypnosis that I ever received, is the removal of food addiction, you know, obsessing about food, having to eat all the time. Um, when I can give somebody that, that may be my favorite part of doing what I do. It's beautiful. I am a testament to that. Mm-hmm. Truly, truly. We've been working together, I would say, since February. It is now May, consistently mm-hmm. since February. We've done sessions before. But um, I, I now, just for context, I do biweekly sessions with Brad um, since February. And it's, in, it's insane. Like, now it's about optimization. Like, I mm-hmm. went for food addiction. I went for these specific traumas that I was experiencing and re-experiencing and patterning. And, um, and we, we now are at the point where we're optimizing. It's like, what do I want now? Like, what do I desire? Like there's this tiny little thing that's getting in the way. How do we reroute that pattern? Yeah. So it's amazing. Let's digress a little bit. Like let's tell people what hypnotherapy is and then we'll tell people what NLP is because I think there's a lot of misconception around what hypnotherapy is which is also what I was getting at like when people are like I want to lose 30 pounds hypnotize me into doing it change my pattern of obsessive eating there's so much more coaching that actually happens in the sessions with hypnotherapy Mm -hmm. and so I think it'll be really interesting for people to hear like your perspective on like what those sessions look like and what hypnotherapy is um in your perspective. Sure, sure. Okay, so then let's start with the first question, I think, which is, what exactly is hypnotherapy? All right, so I can really explain to you what it's not first. It's not some abstract place that only I can get you into. It's not some weird state of being that is rare to achieve and only an expert can put you there. We all go in and out of hypnosis each and every day, all the time, whether we realize it or not. Okay, we're very impressionable, we're very malleable. Um, We're influenced greatly by other people's emotions. um, So do you think we go into like a hypno state like when we're scrolling on Instagram? Oh, for sure. in comparison? So you're saying things like that? Absolutely. You know, and a very basic example is have, you know, if you've ever watched a, a horror movie, right, and have been afraid yourself, or you're watching a, a sad movie and you cry yourself, you know, what exactly is that? What's happening there? Because it's not happening to you, yet you're experiencing it through your senses, 
through the NLP part of it, right? So, mm-hmm. so you're having I know, an, a somatic experience in your body and in your emotions. Yes, it's very real for to something you. outside of you. Yeah. Exactly, you're being influenced, and it's very real to you, much like the media does with fear and all that. But again, that's a separate conversation. But that's exactly what's happening, right? I mean, it's it's no accident that you can watch the news, and you know they have banners of with words like terror and you know recession and shortage and then they boom hit you with a car commercial you know it's just that's not an accident right um so all hypnosis is is a a required state for change okay and we are all changing each and every day and influence especially while we're younger you know but sometimes it's not for the better okay so What I do with hypnosis is I put somebody into what's known as a theta state in their mind, okay? So I kind of slow down their brain waves, so to speak, and I take them into a place of hyper-suggestibility. And I provide... Tell people how you do that. How do you get people into a theta state? uh, A theta state can be achieved through relaxation, but it's definitely not necessary. It's just far more pleasant it feels good to do you know why why wouldn't you want somebody to feel totally zenned out uh in your presence okay um first what is required is compliance right and i i start the compliance process um even before i see people by getting them to follow a few directions right and then let's say i get them in the chair finally for hypnosis i'll have them separate their feet look me in the eye, take a deep breath in. You know, none of that has anything to do with the hypnotic process except for the fact that they are complying, okay? It's just simply known as it's a like yes. It's like a suggestible state. It's a yes pattern because the mind wants to agree, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yep. So if they're following these instructions and feeling good and imagining what I'm telling them, then they are open to the suggestions that I'm giving them, right? Because they're mm-hmm. falling in line. Okay, they're not defiant, they're agreeing. Okay, and then so I provide them while I slow them down through imagery and techniques, right, that aren't abstract, they're very simple and very basic. Um, I provide them with the insertion and the establishment of positive and selective thinking. All I do is give people back what they have given me through, let's say, the consultation. And which is I, like almost half of the the session. It's so it's important. Like, yeah. Which is coaching, it's dialogue back and forth, it's you explaining, you know, what you desire, what you want to get rid of, and then you go into like a really deep dive of like why and the emotions behind that. Sure, sure. And it's funny that you <clears throat> mentioned emotions because emotions are everything. They're like the glue. Right? I mean, if we all know that Based on our emotions, we have thought patterns. And then based on those thought patterns, we have emotions. So it's like a feedback loop that the body can't resist. So one of the main things that I attempt to do in each and every session is to insert new emotional responses um, to various parts or, or various stimulus in their lives. And when you can change that, when you can change the emotion, then the thoughts change and then life changes. Mm-hmm. So when you're placing in those new thought patterns and new emotions, uh, that's the NLP part, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So now, sh- now you can explain to people what NLP is. Yeah, I'd love to. So the NLP basically is how you interpret your world. What are you seeing in your mind, right? What are you feeling? 
what type of imagery are you experiencing um, that is causing you to feel or act a certain way. So let's just use a very basic example. Uh, I often get people that can't get themselves to the gym, right? They know they want to, they know they should, they even know once they get there, they're actually going to enjoy it. And then afterwards, they're going to feel so much better and probably sleep better and have a higher libido and their mind will be clear, etc. Yet they don't go, right? Mm -hmm. And this is often because I find this nine times out of 10. When somebody is thinking about going to the gym, right? An image flashes in their mind, all right? So Literally sense- had an image flash in my mind, yep. Correct. So this image is often of them really having a a terrible time of it, right? It's not any fun. They're in a lot of pain. Um, And that image, even for a second, if that flashes, that keeps them stuck, dead in their tracks, right? And let's be honest, if, if I had to do anything and I imagined having a terrible time of it, I probably wouldn't do it either, okay? So through hypnosis, right, I get them to slow down, clear their mind. We see that image, okay? We notice the negative emotion that it's providing. Again, the emotion is guiding them, okay? Um, And while in hypnosis, we can insert a new one and we could feel good about that one. And then we could bring it back up and bring it back up and make it even, even better, even bigger, even badder, even brighter, right? We can get Mm -hmm. as detailed as we want. When we see this new image, okay? Then we can notice if there's any thought processes that are coming with it, any voices, such as, yeah, this is going to be awesome. Okay, well, where is that coming from? Is it a man's voice? Is it your voice? Is it a little small? Would you like to raise it? Would you like to make it bigger? So all of these things using NLP, right? Which NLP stands for Neuro Linguistics Programming. Programming. So what is Correct. what is NL, what does that phrase mean exactly? That's a very difficult uh, question, Danielle. I wish I had the answer for that. I don't have it off well, the top of my head. It, my understanding is that it's it's a langu- it's like a language that you're imprinting into people's mind while they're under hypnosis, right? Yeah, for That's sure. The process of NLP. So neurolinguistics is is the language, the mind. language of the mind, right? Language of the mind, right? How how are you perceiving your environment? Yeah. And is it benefiting you, or is it detracting from who you want to be? It's very powerful. And the cool thing about NLP is, is it doesn't require hypnosis, okay? It's like um, if you want to get in really good shape, okay? Having a proper diet is a good strategy, right? Working out is an excellent strategy as well. You could do one or the other, but when you combine the two, that's when magic can truly start to happen. Right. So using NLP within (laughs) hypnosis um, is a very powerful and strong force very effective yeah when we do our sessions it's it's also very empowering i mean everybody has a different reaction to hypnotherapy and being under and ex- everybody's working on different things and i've suggested many friends go to you and some people say they leave and they burst into tears yep. i generally leave insanely energized uh-huh. like mm-hmm. and i've had i've worked with other hypnotherapists as well and um I haven't always had that experience, but my favorite thing about the the way you combine the NLP and just your personality and the way that you use your voice inflection and tone throughout the room, it's like a motivational speaker in my brain, like on a subconscious level, the way he will 
lift his voice and impart these this language into your mind. It's so cool. It is cool. Um, when did you first experience this yourself? Because I know that that was like the big pivot point for you to decide to do this, right? Sure, sure, absolutely. Um, I'd say I was about maybe 33 or 34. Um, I had, and I still do, one of the greatest existences that anyone could ever ask for. However, I was super anxious, very depressed, um, um, negative thought patterns. Uh, I fell into a lot of the mental traps that I still see in my clients. I mean, it, I just had a really hard time of it. I didn't feel good. I often felt this big. If you know, I guess that's the best way I can sum it up. Um, I remember, I mean, I, I think I knew you, well, I mean, we've been friends for 10 years, but I think you did. that we were working together a lot. And I remember you saying that you would meditate for like two hours a day yeah. just to, that was your like baseline to get you in a stable condition. Yeah. Well, I was searching, you know, yeah. and, um, <clears throat> the meditation was good and I endorse it. However, it never, it never got me there as much as I would have liked it to. Um, quite possibly I needed to do it for, you know, more consistently, or maybe I just, I hadn't yet mastered the skill set. Um, but it, it did relieve a little bit of the pressure, but, but nothing compared to hypnosis. So, um, I was involved in a networking group and by happenstance, I found myself in front of a hypnotist and I didn't know what they did. I had no idea. Um, it was just kind of like a, a mutual obligation, you know, because we were both a part of this networking group. So he was going to hypnotize me and I was going to train him in the gym. So I went to him and he said, you know, is there anything, you know, do you have any anxieties or, or anything about your life, any addictions that are holding you back? And I said, uh, yeah, I, I'm obsessed with food. You know, I may be healthy because I eat right and I eat small portions often, like this had been mastered, but I, I knew that I was addicted to it. And I had been since I was 11 or 12. And what does addicted to food mean in that circumstance? Because I think when people think addicted to food, they think binge eating all day. And so in this instance, you had mastered not overeating, but there was still an addiction to food. Yeah. So what did that look like? That's a great question. So what it looked like for me, um, if I was eating, I was in a good mood and as soon as I was done, I was depressed again. And then so you can kind of look at it just like any other drug addiction. I'd, I'd say that's pretty much how it goes, right? Um, and if so you're, you're not- living for your meals. Yeah. That was your only high. Yeah. And it's just on my mind. And when you combine that with uh, the obsession about my body, it was all consuming because I had to have everything lined up all throughout the day in order to, let's say, appease the dragon, mm -hmm. right? Um, whether or not I was full never came into consideration. Um, what I was craving or what I desired or what I needed um, was never taken into account either. Um, basically, if I was eating, I was cool. And if I wasn't eating, then I was thinking about eating. Yeah. Right? So it's akin to any other type of, of drug use. Okay? Yeah. Uh, so then I told the hypnotist this. And uh, about an hour later, you know, because we talked for 30 minutes, then we did a 30-minute session. 
uh, that was gone, like just gone. And I knew it. It felt like somebody had taken like a chunk of me and just removed lifted it, it. And, and just lifted it. I, and I could just knew it right away. And my reaction after that first session is I was laughing. I remember leaving the, the office, walking down the hallway, and I was laughing like a, a hyena, like a crazy person. I must have looked like a nut. Um, but that was what the shift had given me. So, mm -hmm. and uh, that, that has never returned. Now look, because of who I am and because of my, my baseline, I am always going to be a little bit more heightened to the foods I'm eating more so than, than other people. That's always going to be in my cards and that's fine. However, um, thinking about food just doesn't happen. If I get hungry, then I consider it and I'm able to leave food on my plate. I was never able to do that for, for 33 years. It just was, it was not possible. And now I do it each and every single day. Me too. Yeah. So amazing. I know. Same. It's yeah. such freedom. Yeah, such freedom. And I know like so many, this is, you know, whether you have a food addiction in that respect or not, like everybody battles with addictions, whether sure. they're obsessive compulsive disorders or addiction to alcohol, addiction to drugs, addiction to not eating, um, controlling your appetite, controlling your food. I mean, almost everybody has battled with this. It's so of relatable. Course. So thank you for sharing so vulnerably. I appreciate it. Mm. <clears throat> um, so what do you, what do you think is the biggest benefit of having this removed? Like it's, it's remarkable that you can truly lift something like that so quickly from the mind, from the brain, because it's literally just routed patterns that have deep, deep grooves. And mm -hmm. under NLP and under under hypnosis through NLP, we can it's like un ungrout this like paved path and like move it to a new track and replant it, regrout it in like a mm -hmm. new direction. And it's really that quick. Sometimes it takes multiple sessions, obviously, sure. for some people. But what is the benefit for people in their lives when they when they experience this? Um, that's a great question. Uh, I'd say there are there are many benefits. Um, I think the first one that comes to mind is that you get to well, you get to unburden yourself from something that has a, a grip on you. Right, because that's that's really never a good idea. That's never a good strategy for for moving through life, especially if it's unhealthy. Okay, so you get to experience a bit of freedom and newness, right? And you get to have a healthier train of thought, um, and feel better in your own skin. So that's the first thing that comes to mind: new thoughts, new patterns, new emotions, new existence. Mm -hmm. Right, um, and I think after that. Um, I think you just get to level up, you know, um, because in my case and probably for, let's say, most people that have experienced what I have, um, the way to deal with life at the age of 12, the way to deal with my anxieties and my insecurities and my fears was to reach for food, right? Mm -hmm. And and. I believe that's because it's very accessible and not so taboo. And also, I'm not old enough to get my hands on anything else, thank God. And I did have great parents. So if I did try to find something else, they would have they would have shut that down real quick, right? Yeah. 
So, you know, maybe, maybe at the age of 12, it's not the worst strategy, you know, if it can provide a little relief and, and who am I hurting? And, you know, at least I'm not, uh, smoking other things. And, you know, maybe it's not the worst strategy, but, but before too long, it becomes a very old strategy and it's very outdated, you know, so you can look at it as, as, uh, as using training wheels, so to speak, you know, that when we first use training wheels, they're very necessary. We need them because we don't want to fall over, but eventually they hold us back from, from going faster and, and achieving more. Um, so that's, that's how these patterns are developed is through either fears or traumatic experiences and their coping mechanisms. Yeah, basically. So, you know, uh, the mind and the body really like to remember who you are and to be who you are, right? Whether it's positive or negative, your deeply ingrained thought patterns, habits, and behaviors are what make up you. And the body does not like to go against that. And that's why it's so difficult for people to, to change. It's not easy. It's mm-hmm. not easy, right? The body simply remembers even on a, a chemical level, an atomic level, right? Um, who exactly you are. So these, these feedback And that when you're saying who you are, is that like the way you're, you identify? It's like, it's not actually who you are, it's, but it's your, your personality, right? It is your personality and it's also your emotional responses and your thought patterns and your behaviors, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm trying not to blur the lines here. Um, but even let's say you get very anxious socially and you always have since you were nine years old and now you're in your mid thirties. Well, that, that is how your body responds and that's what it knows as normal. Right. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it kind of wants to remember that because that makes up your experience that kind of defines you internally, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, and so anything outside of that, especially without the aid of hypnosis is going to be very, it's going to be very difficult especially at first. And it may be difficult for a very long time, right? It mm-hmm. may be quite the challenge to become somebody completely different. Um, and that is why hypnosis changing at the subconscious level can be such a, it, it can give you really such a leg up. Mm-hmm. How long does it take, do you think, for somebody to train, like to really reroute and change the tra- trajectory of their life and like really feel the impacts? I think that like, people have a misconception around habit change. You know, you read like books like Atomic Habits and the things CEOs do and people try to will their way into changing the the entire trajectory of the career life in just a matter of weeks and months. And even through hypnosis, I've experienced myself where my life has rapidly accelerated in a new trajectory, yet, on a day-to-day basis, even though some small habits have changed, I don't look around and see my life as completely different. But if I look back two years ago, I can see, you know, a huge impact. So like, how long can people realistically expect to change their lifestyle and the trajectory of their life on a grand scale via hypnosis and habit change and personal development, things like that? Uh, yeah, that's, that's actually a great question. Something I've been reading about, uh, a lot lately so let's we could possibly look at hypnosis as almost like a maybe a cheat code 
along that journey. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, you, it still is going to take some effort, but here, we're going to boost you up big time and we're going to give you a, a nice leg up along your path, right? Um, you know, it does take a while, okay? Because like I said, the body and the mind want to remember who you are, right? Even if it's not working in your favor, okay? Um, it's very it's very difficult to change without consistent effort, without something, a star in the sky that is so damn meaningful for you that no matter what occurs along your path, you are going to keep at it, mm -hmm. right? Because what does that mean meaningful to you? Like, explain to people that part. Because well, you can want to change your exterior, you can want to change your career, you can want all these things for like external validation, but like having it mean something makes the impact, right? Yeah, having it, um, it's the meaning in our lives uh, that makes suffering irrelevant, right? Mm -hmm. So let's say you're embarking, uh, we could just use you as a hypothetical, you're, you're building brand and building business, let's say, and that requires a lot of effort, right? You have to, you have to behave better. You have to think better. You have to push through in many moments when you're tired. You have to branch out and you have to face fears and you have to face your own negative beliefs and not you, but everybody, if we're going to try to build something and be better, no matter oh what Oh my God, it is. last night, like my daughter wouldn't go to bed until it was like 9.30 and Gabe and I were both laying in the freaking bed trying to get her to go to sleep because she had taken a nap and I literally was thinking like, why am I trying to build this career why do i have sure. this podcast of course. Like, why, maybe i should quit like of course maybe i should just let gabe do his career and i just be a mom like literally all these like really extreme thoughts were i of was course. experiencing of course and and to your point it's like i had to come back to the meaning like it's not for a superficial reason that i want to do this it's not to hear myself speak on a freaking podcast it's not what the purpose is and remembering that it's to really ex uh, share my experience and your experience and each of my guests experience of how they've rebelliously transformed their lives. And, um, that, that was my meaning. And so I, after I crawled out of bed at like 10 o'clock at night, I stayed up and I did sure. the work that I had to do and I got it done. And this morning I laughed about it, but like last night, had I listened to those defeating thoughts, I would have forgotten my meaning. Exactly. And, and where I was going, that like North Star, like you said. That's exactly, and that's a great example, right? So the meaning in your pursuit is what kept you going. And it's funny mm -hmm. you say that because it seemed like in that moment, um, you were dealing with baseline fatigue, right? Mm -hmm. Like just totally. being exhausted, right? And so that right there was more than enough to cause your mind to start telling you, this ain't worth it, just get in bed put the TV on, relax, you deserve it, all that stuff. Or even it was telling you, don't do this anymore. This is too difficult. Oh my and God, that's that's a big one for me. The TV, because I deserve it, staying up late. Brad sure. knows this is like a bad habit of mine that I'm working on is like, I'm a mom, I deserve it. Sometimes people do like wine o'clock, like where they drink every time their kid goes to sleep. And that was a bad habit of mine during the pandemic. Um, but yeah, the, the like, I deserve it part well, that is like pure self-sabotage. Like, why do we do that? Like, why do we feel like we deserve it, even though what we really deserve is to have the future we desire? 
Sure, sure. Well, you know, um, I think one of the things that separates the the hyper successful from maybe the more so average is the the willingness to forego momentary pleasure for long-term success, right? Because it really comes down to that, especially in this day and age, you know, when we could each, all of us in each and every moment could go on Instagram or binge watch or it really takes a lot of sacrificing in the moment, you know, especially if you're uncomfortable. It's very Yeah, it's like the donut or the gym. It's like the donut tastes so satisfying in the moment, but the gym you know, you don't really reap the benefits for three to six months to even see right. like the beginning of the benefits. And I think it's really that same comparison. It's like, it just feels so good in the moment to have sure. that thing you deserve, even though um, what you really desire is, is, is so meaningful and it's, it just takes longer to achieve. Sure. Now, now that's a fine line, right? Because I would say that you <clears throat> do deserve relaxation and you would deserve time off there's a reason why the weekends exist or you know vacation or sabbatical like there's a reason why these are inherently built in i see a lot mm -hmm. of people that are very type a and you know they're on switches working 18 hours a day maybe even more mm -hmm. right so i try to get them to come back the other way because yeah. that is that's what would be healthy for them mm -hmm. however you know deeply ingrained in their mind, in their circuitry, in their bodies is work, the pursuit of work. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for them, I try to get them to come the other way. Um, but yeah, it's very tempting these days. Very tempting to kind of just kick it. Well, we're getting like dopamine hits constantly through Instagram. So it's like, it's, we don't even know it. We're like, we're using that self hypnosis through Instagram all day and social media where we're getting instant gratification and we teach the brain over and over and over that that's accessible, possible. It's the easiest sure. way to do it. And so, you know, the so society today is not really conditioned to, you know, it used to be, we worked 30 years for our retirement, <laughs> like 30 years before we got that, um, relaxation moment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I believe we're kind of a bit of a, we're a bit of an experiment. You know, we're kind of the first civilization to have all these things in the history of mankind, you know, um, not to go too far off on a tangent, but we're the first ones with the internet. We can listen to any song we want to in any moment. We have all the comforts of life that anybody could have ever asked for. We can answer any question that we possibly have by going to this Google thing. I mean, mm -hmm. to, just that kind of blows my mind. And so as the experiments, I think there's a lot of side effects that we are, um, that we're privy to that we, we never even considered, right? So um, addictions and, you know, obesity and things like that. And I, I think it's going to take a long time to kind of figure it out as the technology grows. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm. What a time to be alive. Yeah, but it's also amazing. I'm not dumping yeah. on it. It's no, absolutely it's absolutely fantastic. But just like anything else, it comes with its its side effects and its downsides. Yeah. Mm. So we're getting pretty close to time here, but I wanted to ask you, I'm gonna ask every guest this. What does rebellious reinvention mean to you? Um I really like that. It's the name uh, of the podcast, too. I know, I know. But I had <laughs> the question I really enjoy because even though I read it, I didn't think of it in this way. 
I guess at face value, rebellious reinvention would be the willingness to to become exactly who you are, no matter what anybody may think, no matter um, no matter what it takes, um, no matter how comfortable you may be doing it. Um, it's the ferocity and determination to to be exactly who you want to be, and that may be the most brave journey one can undertake. I love that. Guts, glory, mm-hmm. all the things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just to be you, who you are, and who you want to be, regardless of what comes your way, that's that's some, some sexy shit. It's awesome. Some sexy shit. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> I love it. And I think that, like, just knowing you over 10 years, like, I can really say that you are a rebellious reinventor. Like, I've seen you. I met you at least on your second career from model all the way through personal training all mm-hmm. the way to an amazing hypnotist. So bravo to you. You're doing it. That's sweet. So proud. I appreciate you. Yeah. And so where can people find you if they want to reach out for hypnosis? And do you do uh, distance sessions? Uh, I do. Yeah. I often do Zoom. Um, it can be just <laughs> as effective, maybe even more so. Um, I have two websites. The first one is MiamiFloridaHypnosis.com and BradPlotkinHypnotherapy.com. Both will kind of lead you to the same place to me. Um, Our parent company, Miami Florida Hypnosis, we have a couple other people working with us, Um, some extremely talented therapists. Um, And so that's why I'm a part of that one as well. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And what about your Instagram? Do you have Instagram you can share with people? Yeah, my Instagram is the Smoking Hypnotist. That's my handle. I just wanted to hear you say that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was waiting <laughs> for that. Yeah. It's uh, slightly douchey and slightly funny um, and a little great, bit ironic. It's not, it's not douchey at all. It's perfect. A little bit ironic as well. Um, yeah, the I feel like hypnotist. you're just owning it, you know? I think that, like, as a model, like, you're kind of the piece... We were talking about this the other day. As a model, you're kind of the piece of me, and, like, the industry treats you like that. Show up Big here, time. say this, do that. You're just a face. You don't have a personality. You don't have a mind. And so you're kind of taking it back, you know? Yeah, right. You're like, I might be hot, but I got a brain. Yeah. And I'll change yours. Yeah, exactly. And when it occurred to me, it just felt right, so I had to do it. I love it. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. I really appreciate it. And Danielle, this is it's great to be here and I'm beyond proud of you. Good thank for you. you. I'm beyond proud of you as well. I love this. My brother from another mother. Tell Pam I say hi. Absolutely, I always do. <laughs> thank you, Brad. Have an I amazing you, day. Okay, love you, you so as well. Much. Talk soon. Bye. Love you too. Bye. Every week we have a reoccurring segment and I share my favorite things, tangible products to use, things to walk away with above and beyond the inspiration of these conversations. So they are think, read, do, buy. Today I'm going to share with you something from the think category. This week's rebellious perspective, Elizabeth Thompson. Because of the power of neuroplasticity, you can, in fact, reframe your whole world and rewire your brain so that you are more objective. You have the power to see things as they are so that you can respond thoughtfully, deliberately, and effectively to everything you experience. I found that quote really inspiring, especially since we were on this episode with Brad Plotkin, the hypnotherapist and NLP practitioner. The next category is read. I know just as well as you do that to change your habits, your unhealthy thought patterns, anxiety and depression are not easy and they feel like they are happening to you. You are not doomed by your 
genes are hardwired to be a certain way for the rest of your life, though. A new science is emerging that empowers all human beings to create the reality they choose. In Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself, a book by the renowned author, speaker, researcher, and chiropractor, Dr. Joe Dispenza, combines the fields of quantum physics, neuroscience, brain chemistry, biology, and genetics to show you what is truly possible for yourself. So not only will you be given the necessary knowledge to change any aspect of yourself, you will also be taught step-by-step to apply what you learn in order to make measurable changes in any area of your life. Grab his three-book collection, Becoming Supernatural, You Are the Placebo, and Breaking the Bad Habit of Being Yourself. Begin to change your life today. We're going to link that in the show notes. The next and last category is buy. As a busy mom and busy entrepreneur, I know how important it is to have sustained and mega energy throughout the day. I also know how important it is for you to not drop right before school pickup or midday for all you non-parents, which is why amongst a few other reasons, I drink matcha over coffee most days. In fact, I am drinking it now. I only drink the best though. World-renowned Dr. Andrew Weil, alternative medicine guru and founder of the Dr. Andrew Wild Center for Integrative Medicine, he is the co-founder of matcha.com. He creates or he brings over and imports the highest quality and best t- tasting matcha from Japan. Use code Danielle Bigby to get 10% off your purchases, all found in the show notes. The three reasons I choose to drink matcha, it's super high in L-theanine. L-theanine helps you with cognitive function and maintain attention under stress. It also boosts your metabolism. Hello. And my favorite part is that you do not crash like you do from coffee. So it will not tax your adrenal glands, causing adrenal fatigue. So go get you some matcha. Use code Danielle Bigby. And thank you guys for listening. Have an amazing day. Make sure you like, subscribe, and tag us on Instagram.